Shameless Media. No matter who you are, where you live, what you do for work, how rich or broke you might be, you're carrying around a secret. We all are. And this show, well, it's all about spilling them. Welcome to Everybody Has a Secret. My name is Annabelle Lee. I'm your host and ultimate secret sharer. Producer Justine Landis Hanley. Hello, you are on my left. <laughs> Hello, Annabelle. You are on my right. <laughs> and opposite me today is Tony Lodge. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me again. Oh my God. We are so happy to have you back <laughs> on the show. To kick us off, Tony, as always, we're playing a game. <gasps> today, we're playing a game called interrogation. Dun, dun, dun. Now we got you to prepare a wild story to tell us today, mm-hmm. Tony, which could be true or completely made up. Mm-hmm. It is up to me to figure that out through my interrogation. <laughs> I feel like I should turn the light off and like hold the flash <laughs> side up to your if face. If you did that, I would probably cry. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I would make the worst detective. I'd be like, oh my God, no, you're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if someone was like, I'm not going to tell you, I'd be like, okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> did you want a coffee? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'll so sorry for bothering. I'm good at and bad. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to tell your story, Tony? Okay. So. <clears throat> I'm, I'm nervous. So Why am I nervous? I don't know. You should be nervous. I'm should nervous I be for nervous? you. No, no Justine one should, should be nervous. Be nervous. <laughs> it is a nervous free zone here on the show. Okay. Happy. I'm feeling great. I don't have to do anything, guys. Okay. So, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, so when I was working as a sound tech at a university, mm-hmm. And all these things used to come through and it would always be like real boring stuff. Like this professor is talking about this thing, which I'm sure that people liked, but like wasn't for me. And I would just have to like mic them up and like mix the things that people could hear it and they could hear it on the broadcast or whatever. So that was my job. One day I went into work and I had to fill in all this paperwork and have photos taken for a police clearance. Oh. And I was like, this has never happened before. So I've had to have like my working with children's check in case like we had like kids performers and stuff, pretty standard. Yeah. But I had to have like a really high level police clearance for somebody that was coming in. And I was like, this is weird. What's this for? And they wouldn't tell me, like I wasn't allowed to know. And then like two weeks later, they're like, cool, but this is what the thing is for. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Sweaty. How scary. Yeah. And I was like, am I really doing this? And they were like, yes, it's very important. You cannot tell anybody about this, but this was a couple of years ago. So I'm allowed to. It was the Dalai Lama. <gasps> Did you get to meet him? Yes. Did you get to mic him? Yes. And he played with my hair. So I had my hair in a bun on the top of my head and in front of the whole, like there was probably 300 people in the theatre and like thousands of people watching online and they watched him and I was putting on his microphone and he went, pointed to the bun on top of my head and he was like, oh, can I can I touch uh, the bun on your head? And I was like, oh, yeah. And he went, oh, boop, boop, boop on my head. <laughs> that doesn't seem very Dalai Lama-like. I know. And so I'm standing on the stage and I was like, oh, okay, thank you so much. And then he like, grabbed my hands and he blessed them and everything in front of everybody and then I had to like go up and like keep working but yeah I had to like have all this police clearance and so it was like 300 police there or something it was insane 
Okay, so it's time for my interrogation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have some doubts in my mind. Okay. First doubt, I don't think this is the most important doubt, but I'm going to run with this one first. Yep. Why didn't you mic him off stage first? Like, why were you micing him on stage with the 300 people in the audience? Because he came in late. Okay. And did the Dalai Lama come with, like, a posse? Yep. So there was, like, literally, like, 100 police and, all like, his monks. And so he was, like, walking in the middle and they were working, walking in a big circle around him. Okay. Now, I'm going to point out a detail that... That has from 300 to 100 police. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you explain that? <laughs> Can you? <laughs> I'm going to say, no, I can't explain it. And I'm going to say, that's why I think that this story is a lie. This happened. No! <laughs> yep. I thought that it happened. Damn, yeah. This is way can, too specific. Yeah. I can show you the YouTube video of it. I would love to see this. Yep, it's amazing. I'll show you later. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, that really happened. Isn't that a great story? That is a great story. One of these days, I'm going to get this right. And if it gets it wrong every single time. Oh, We've played you? this, like, to practice before we have proper co-hosts come on the show. And every time we practice, <laughs> I fuck it up. Well, because I was like, oh, there's just there's too many details for it to be false. But then I'm like, it sounds so crazy that there's just no way that people believe that. Yeah. He really booked me on the head. Yeah. I would it not was know what to insane. do <laughs> And then so like afterwards I had to take his microphone off and he was like, oh, you have like really beautiful energy and he like blessed my hands and stuff. Like it was actually so surreal. It was like the most insane situation. Now that I'm listening to this, knowing that it's true, I'm like, I'm happy that you had that experience. That sounds lovely. At the time when you were telling it, I was like, it's a lie. It's a lie. And I wasn't really taking it in. And then I tripped you up. Was that purposeful? Yes. Oh, Oh, she's a pro. Because I thought, oh, if I make a mistake, you'll be like, oh my God, there's no way it's true. And you did. Fell right into my (laughs) (laughs) heart. As always, Justine, it is time to hear today's secret. Take it away, Justine. I'm taking it away, Annabelle. Um, <laughs> here are both of your letters, Annabelle you. and Tony. Thank you. Oh, again, my name's on the front. <laughs> Very nice. Beautiful stationery as well. <laughs> yes. And also beautiful handwriting, Justine. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. The Absolutely. little calligraphy N on mine on the front. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I know. It's, it's fancy. like a Christmas card. <laughs> it's okay. about the detail. <laughs> okay. This secret comes from listener Georgia. My mum passed away last year and my secret, the thing I can't tell anyone, is that I feel relieved that she's gone. Mm. Let me explain. I always had a complicated relationship with my mum. Growing up, she had a lot of expectations of what my life should look like and what our relationship should look like. She was a single mum and I was her only daughter and she wanted us to be super close. And for a long time, I wanted that too. But then when I was at uni... I fell in love with someone, and that person was another girl. Let's call her Holly. I was raised Catholic, and when I told my mum about Holly, she was concerned about the fact that I was in a same-sex relationship. Oh, mum, not okay. Yep. She said, that's not you. That's not who I want you to be. That's not the expectation I had for you. (gasps) That's hard. And I agreed with her. I was like, you're right. I'm not gay, mum. So I broke up with Holly. But I realised that this wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be happy. Within a couple of weeks, Holly and I ended up getting back together. We kept our relationship a secret for a year before finally telling my family. My mum reluctantly accepted it, but it was hard. I think a lot of my family also saw it as a phase. That was kind of the first experience of me going against my mum's expectations. But it was like mum saw every step in my relationship with Holly as a step away from her. For example... 
when I decided to move out, mum was absolutely devastated. Over the next few years, I was just constantly trying not to disappoint her. There was also a lot of pressure to do everything with her. She expected me to call every day. She expected me to always live in the same area as her. She would get really upset if I couldn't make it to family dinner or stay over after a big family event. So much so that she would call me multiple times to discuss why I wasn't going and telling me that as her daughter, I had to be there. If I was going on a trip, I would be really nervous to tell mum because she would say she wanted to come or she'd demand I spend the whole day before I leave with her. While I was actually on holiday, she would message me asking when I was going to come over once I was home. And then finally, when I would get home and go and visit, I wouldn't be able to leave just after a couple of hours. She'd tell me I couldn't leave, that I must stay for dinner, that actually I must sleep there too. I honestly felt like I was always letting her down, that I was never able to be who she needed. I realised maybe a year before she passed away that nothing I was ever going to do was going to make her happy. I was never going to be enough. Then she got sick. When we were in the hospital and she was passing away, I just felt relief. It was the first time I could make decisions and not worry about how she would receive them. I didn't have to disappoint her anymore. I didn't have to let her down. I miss her, of course. I absolutely miss her. It was so sad to lose her. Her life was valuable and she was a great mum at times. And sometimes I think, oh, it would be nice if she was here to see this moment or that moment. But if she could actually come back, I don't think I would want her back. It's hard to grieve someone and then also be relieved that they're gone. I don't know if I believe in heaven, but sometimes I feel like I shouldn't think these things because I don't want her to know that I feel relieved that she's gone. It's a horrible thing to think. I don't think many people who've lost parents feel the way I do. Oh my God, that's so hard. Very hard. Oh, Georgia. I'm thinking of you, Georgia. That's really awful. Absolutely. I think that the end she says, like, I don't think a lot of people feel the way I do. Well, the first thing I'm thinking is I'm sure she's not alone here. Oh, absolutely. I had, uh, so my mum passed away like nine years ago and we had a phenomenal relationship. We were really, really close and really good along. But there are definitely times where I felt like she was sick for like a year. So there was definitely like elements of relief that I was like, there's so much admin involved in like caring for somebody full time. Like my siblings and I were all taking turns in like making sure we were there for her and things like that. Taking her in and out of hospital is like also really difficult. There's also the relief that like she's no longer suffering. So I think there's just like so many different types of relief involved with like losing somebody and grief is just so complicated that there's just no one way that people experience it. And it's also really hard that she tried to mould the way that Georgia was feeling about her life and she was trying to find herself and her mum's obviously really scared about losing her daughter. And so I kind of feel like I'm not a mum, but I feel like I could understand wanting to keep that closeness as well. As a single mum and a single mum with just one child. Absolutely. It's hard because in this story I feel like both of us can kind of sympathise with both of them, the mother and also Georgia. I want to walk through this secret chronologically because there's a lot here. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, Tony, let's hear a word from today's sponsor. Okay, Tony, we are back. Let us start at the beginning of this secret with the way George's mum reacted when she found out that Georgia was in a relationship with Holly. Yeah. 
that was like the first confusing part for me because I don't know, all relationships are complicated. Yeah. And I think it also, again, wouldn't be a singular unique experience for Georgia to have a parent who hasn't wrapped their head around same-sex relationships. But that is the fact in itself that is devastating, you know, that so many people experience this kind of isolation from family members as a result of coming out. I'm straight, so I can't speak to this experience, but from what I've read and what friends have told me of being queer, I guess it takes you a long time to come to terms with that sometimes, right? Mm. And this is not me trying to excuse how mum has reacted in this situation, but Georgia has had all this time to try and come to terms with that and figure out who she is and and meet Holly and decide that you know they want to be together regardless of sex or what they should be doing and initially I understand that mum would have been like oh this isn't really what I wanted for you maybe she just needed a bit of time and obviously she has not handled this well and this is not how we want parents to react to this kind of news but then she hasn't come around, which is so heartbreaking. I'm kind mm. of like initially I can understand that there would be maybe shock or like grief for the life that you want for your child, in inverted commas. Again, not saying it's the right thing to do, but I can understand that being like a knee-jerk reaction. Mm. But the fact that she didn't then come around is just so heartbreaking. Like yeah. I can only imagine how alienating that would feel as Georgia, as the daughter, to be like, well, I've got a single mom. I'm her only daughter. Like I'm supposed to be able to trust her with anything and this is such a huge part of my life and you don't want me to be who I am. And the pressure you would feel to conform to your mom's homophobic values. Yeah. Like at the start they of broke this, up. Exactly, they yeah. broke up and she clearly wanted to because she does care about her mom a lot. Absolutely. Wanted to value what she was trying to say about her relationship and her who Completely. she loves, which is a whole separate story. I feel like it's interesting that Georgia feels so much guilt about this when, in my opinion, I think throughout this whole secret, it was clear that the mother was overstepping. Yep. And Georgia has absolutely done nothing wrong here. Absolutely though, not. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I definitely don't see this as that she's done something wrong. To devil's advocate my own point, the other thing that's really difficult is I think that people go, oh, but she's your mum. Or, oh, but it's your dad or, oh, it's your brother or sister. Mm. It actually doesn't fucking matter Mm. because if I said to Justine, oh, I'm in a homosexual relationship and you said, oh, that's disgusting, Mm. right? Like this. It's not what I want for you, Tony. Yeah, this isn't what I want for you. I'd go, okay, well, Justine, you're not being a good friend right now. Mm. Like, and Annabelle, you would say, oh, cut Justine off. That's not okay. That's not okay behaviour. But then when you say, oh, my parents said this, you go, but it's your parent. Mm. Like, so it's, I think it's really hard. People expect you to be forgiving of people because they're your family. When if someone did that to you, that wasn't family, you would never be expected to put up with that. Yeah, And that's really hard as well, because like retrospectively, it's easy to say that, but then thinking now that there's grief involved, just like complicates things so much. I agree. I think when you have someone in your life that is kind of bringing in this kind of toxic energy, Mm -hmm. You absolutely have the right to cut them off. But to play devil's advocate to that point, (laughs) I think with a parent, it it is really hard because there's that generational difference and there are so many like differing values that sometimes it's like with any person, you can't come to the same conclusion on everything. Mm -hmm. And then with family, I don't know. I'm just thinking about my own experiences, which is not like anything like this, but I often find myself finding it easier to give family members the benefit of the doubt because they do have such huge parts Of my heart, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like when you do care about someone so deeply, I think it is easier to be like, 
oh, but this is like X, Y, Z is why yep. you think that way. And I think I can find it in my heart to let it go. There's like almost more context as to why they would feel that way. Whereas totally. if it's just a friend, you go, well, don't be an asshole. We're friends. You're supposed to support me. There are definitely limits though. Ab- oh, absolutely. I think like, yeah, case by case. But yeah, I just would hate to think that people have said to Georgia, oh, well, she was your mum, you know, like, and then it's also hard to still have the feelings of, my mum didn't treat me the right way mm. when she was alive. Yeah. That would be really hard to reconcile as someone who's grieving too. Yeah. I wonder what would have happened to their relationship if when Georgia and Holly got back together, yeah. her mother was like, I mean, it seems like her mother was opposed to the relationship, but they still kind of put a Band-Aid on okay, it, Okay, fine. Like, yeah. but, like, but, but never fully accepting and yeah. kind of, you know, always being a bit of a stress point. And held it over her head, I guess, is like a thing that, oh, you know that I'm not okay with that, but I guess we, yeah. we push on. Or, you know, at Christmas lunch when Georgia's like, obviously I'm going to bring Holly because she's my family. And then the mum's like, oh, God, bloody yeah. girl again. You know, mm. then there's just always going to be those friction points where you go. Yeah, less overt, more those micro moments. Probably. Yeah, which those one percenters, they really add up. And mm. it's all those things that then every time you go, oh, well, if mum's going to be there, I don't want to bring, you know. Mm. And especially while you're going through your parent being sick, you need so much support because like your family are all dealing with that. And this is the case for me. I can only speak from my own experience, but like when my mum was sick, like I needed to rely on my friends so much because all of my siblings were in the trenches with me. I couldn't really talk to them because they were dealing with it too. And so for Georgia, Holly would have been such a huge support through that, but knowing that her mum, like – Georgia would almost feel bad that Holly was helping her through that, but the mum didn't approve. Yeah. Like, so there would be so much guilt associated with that as well. And she'd probably just feel bad that Holly was like putting in all this love and effort and support into something that her mum wouldn't have appreciated. Do you know, does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And even I'm thinking about Holly now, I can't imagine what it would be like being Holly knowing that my partner's mum didn't approve of me yep. and who I am. Yep. But then when the mum got sick, she was like trying to be there for Absolutely. Georgia. It would have been like a really tricky position where there would for sure be resentment towards the mum, mm-hmm. but also your partner is kind of going through this grief mm. process. And, and Holly would be experiencing grief as well because yeah. there's death around you mm. and it's someone that you know and whether you like them or not, it's still – an experience you're going through. It's still something that you're enduring and you're helping a partner through that. That's really difficult, especially someone that you have a complicated relationship with. Yeah. Before we get to, you know, some of George's final questions, I'd be really curious to hear from both of you about the relationship more broadly, like some of the other things we heard, the kind of maybe controlling elements mm-hmm. of their relationship. Like, do you think this sounds like a healthy relationship and and what does a healthy mother-daughter relationship look like? Well, I mean, you can even see that I think that Georgia has used really careful language even in The Secret. Like towards the end she says she was a really great mum at times. Yeah. And like I think that's very, very like you don't say that accidentally. Like mm. that's very carefully picked words that you would use to describe a relationship. I guess in my mind a really healthy relation and everybody's would look different. But for me a healthy relationship with my mum was that she kind of always said like, 
follow your as long as you can pay your bills follow your dreams like there was never something where I mean obviously I have like a kind of weird job now mm-hmm, yeah. like there's not a lot of parents that would go oh that's totally fine <laughs> I you just know? said mm, yeah like yeah you've got a weird job but you know there's not a lot of parents that would approve of like a weird job in the arts almost yeah. but she drove me to singing lessons she like picked me up from band camp like all of those dorky things that you do as a kid where your you know parents need to support you because you can't do it yourself there was never ever a question of her loving and supporting me I never had to think oh would my mum approve of this it was like of course she will if that's what I want of course she'll do it and I actually feel like really heartbroken that not everybody gets that yeah like because whenever I think about my relationship with my mum like I'm so lucky and it makes me so sad to think that people like didn't get that as well. Yeah. That is so beautiful that you're thinking about other people. <laughs> I, I think that this relationship doesn't sound super healthy to me, but if I'm drawing from my own experiences, I have found my relationships with my parents have really strengthened with time. So whenever I hear from people who are having rough bumps in the roads with their parents... I always kind of hope for them that with time and reflection, things will change. And I do think I do want to afford people the opportunity to grow and the space to grow as a person Mm because we're all learning and and all of that. But then again, to play devil's advocate to myself, sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it can be unhealthy and sometimes you do need to cut it off. But I just don't think it's ever black and white. And also circling back to this story, the death of George's mum completely complicates things. And it can be hard to to foster growth in a relationship when you're kind of – I think trapped is too strong a word, but when you've got somebody who's like so controlling, it, it doesn't give you a lot of room to kind of change the dynamics. Yeah. yeah. I think as well with like a parent-child relationship in any combination, I think there is also like a real power struggle because the parent is used to being the authority figure in that relationship. And as we grow up, they need to let go of certain controls. And mm. it seems like to me – Georgia did her first part of growing by saying this is what like she was at uni she's like I'm off and I'm I'm dating this girl who I love and she's perfect for me and the mother has gone I this is new and I don't like it and it's just so heartbreaking that at the first point where Georgia went I'm gonna do this for me that the mother didn't respond the way that you would hope yeah and I think that lots of parents and children would struggle with that power dynamic and and shifting from being like parent and child to like friend or confidant or whatever you know that I think that that needs to change as you get older yeah because no longer are you like mum can you do this thing for me like it's not the same thing and I think especially as a single mum here I imagine that she would have put a lot of pressure and also like I imagine Georgia would have been maybe like the soothing figure in her life Mm -hmm. like maybe it would have felt nice to have a child be like mum help me out with this and being like oh I'm here to help like need to be needed yeah and and you can lean on me and and I can lean on you in an emotional sense because it's that constant in yeah, each other's lives. Totally. Yeah. And I've seen that in a lot of relationships where a single mother and a, and a daughter might have that bond. And then over time when the daughter grows up, it might be a bit harder mm. when they want to have their own identity and, and not need to lean on you anymore. Yep. Should you feel ashamed for being relieved that somebody passed away, Tony? Because I certainly don't think that Georgia should feel ashamed. No, absolutely not. It, it is a tough one because it's something you really have to work through. And Like I said initially, I had a great relationship with my mom and it has been years of therapy to feel like 
I was allowed to feel relieved that and not relieved because I'm like, oh, thank God that's over. But like, you know, feeling like the the emotional connection, it just takes so much when it gets to a point where you're caring for them as well and you're then being lots of people for that one person and also being there for your family as well. Like that's really tough. I don't think you should ever feel ashamed for feeling relieved like that. And also it's your brain. You get to pick what happens in it. Yeah. Like if you feel relieved of this thing, like that, you don't have to tell any. Like obviously if you talk to friends and therapists or whatever, then you know, that's a safe space for you. But your brain is your brain and it's yours for a reason. Like you need to do what's going to make you feel comfy in there. Yeah. The same way that you would in a space that you enjoy or that you feel safe in. Like if that's what you need to feel and that's how you feel, like you should be honest with yourself about that and you shouldn't be ashamed. And if people are making you feel bad, then they're not the right people to have in your life. And I also think it takes great strength to voice something like this. I no doubt think that other people would feel the same if they were Mm -hmm. in a similar position. And I would be really curious to know what our listeners who have been through something like this feel about it because I don't think Georgia is alone here. And I think it just shows that she is incredibly strong and incredibly caring. And very emotionally intelligent. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really feel for Georgia. And I just can't imagine what it would have been like having to grapple with all of these conflicting emotions at the same time. And I think she's done an exceptional job at handling it all. Absolutely. Tony, Justine, that is all we have time for for today's episode of Everybody Has a Secret. Thank you for joining me today, Tony. Thanks for having me. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. This was actually our final episode for season two, but do not fret, we will be back for season three. So keep an eye out, keep an ear out for that on our socials. If you have a secret you're itching to spill, write us a letter and mail it to our PO box. You'll find all the details about where to send your letters in our show notes. Of course, if the old school mail system isn't your thing, feel free to email your secret to us at hello at shamelessmediaco.com. Everything we read will, of course, be kept completely anonymous. As for socials, you can find us on Instagram at Everybody Has a Secret Pod and on TikTok at Everybody Has a Secret. Bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.